Welcome back to another episode of the Hate Safety Hub podcast. I'm your host, Bendit Ferriby, joined as the usual by Tom. And today we've got another guest. People may know him off Twitter at Callum Callow. Are you doing, Callum? Oh, you're right. Yeah, I'm good, Tom. Yeah, I'm great, mate. So, yeah, should we go straight into it? So, we'll start off this podcast by talking about uh, the weekend's game. Obviously, we travelled up to the South Coast, Bournemouth, and we came away with a surprising 1-0 victory. Um, um, but yeah, what was your thoughts on that game, Ben? Uh, yeah, obviously a bit of a, a smashing grab result. No, um, I think even after the Blackburn game, like, obviously coming in with high confidence after that, but still a bit of trepidation going to Bournemouth, who are obviously flying as well. And to be honest, I think we're quite fortunate at half-time, could have easily been four or five nil down with the chances that they they really should have took. So I think we rode our luck there, but it's about time that this luck started coming to us after the obviously the takeover news. And then to get in the second half, I thought we um, grew a lot more into the game, obviously had a few chances before the goal. Obviously it's a well taken finish and then just a very solid performance. I think even even after the goal, there's obviously you're a bit nervous thinking uh Obviously, the, the talent they've got up front were likely to um, to concede, but it, it, there was no like no one with any lack of composure or defensive awareness in that final ten minutes. I think it was fully merited in the end, based off the the way we defended well, and obviously it's a bit of magic that's won us the game. Look, we'll go into the goal now, and <laughs> um, I think the goal started from again. Pressing out of the pitch, Honeyman I think won the ball. Um, I think Tommy took it off him and then played it to obviously Longman and he he did the rest and it was a it was a great finish. But what I will always say about Ryan Longman is it in the final third he's, he's so so clinical. But you can look at him at the end of the game and you can think he's probably not even in the top top six best players on the pitch. His performance at, at performances aren't necessarily always good, but he's, he's he's capable of coming to that moment of magic like he did in the FA Cup against um, Everton. And like he's done in new, numerous games this season, so I think that's that's why you need them sort of players in your team, and that's it's a sort of player that we've missed, you know, in previous times. But what did you make of the game, Cal? Um, I didn't watch the first half, but from the second half, I thought we looked quite comfy. I didn't think they threatened that much. I feel like at half time, they probably realised all the chances they've missed because I heard about they could have been three, four, five up. And they probably thought, well, same began the second half. But obviously City came in, took a breather and was a lot more comfortable. Um, Longman, it's a, it's a great finish. All of his goals are very well taken, to be fair. Um, a lot of wingers would look to get to the byline and cross it, but it's good confidence to to do that, to like skip past a few players and then 
bend it in top corner. What, what's good about our team is obviously we, we play, play the wing backs, um, Lewis Potter and Longman, and the Burke can switch sides, Burke get crosses the box, Burke capable of cutting in and, you know, um, adding that final finish. And that, it's great to have that versatility and you can see in Burke in the game, switching around and stuff. And um, what I liked about Saturday is that all the squad came together. Um, even Brandon Fleming came off the uh, bench last 10, 15 minutes and put in a, you know, put, put in a good shift. I think it showed that you know we've got a squad that's a tight knit bunch, and you know Brandon Fleming's had his injury problems, not had his chances, but um, it shows that you know if uh, we were to switch back to the forward back under Shotter, that you know he's he's um, he can push himself towards you know first team contention and perhaps take a chance there. Um, but yeah, it's just good to see that we've got you know he's come under scrutiny in the past that we don't really have a, a bench that can come on and see see the game out, but. Um, you know, and we still can question that, but I think after Saturday, it shows that you know our squad is is better than you know some people give it credit for. But um, we'll go into the you know sort of where we can prove our squad later. But... Saturday marked the last game on the Cam's reign, and two and a half years he was in charge of City, and we obviously knew this was coming, and we had a feeling it was going to happen. We knew that Shotter was linked, and we're taking a job in November. He was he was obviously in his own country, learning English and you know signing documents and stuff. And so we so we knew he was tight with to you know replace McCann. Um, but after we saw that Regan Slate was signing, we perhaps thought that um, McCann was going to stay. But I think you know it's not uncommon to, for a new owner to want their own own you know people in charge and and their own staff. So I think you know it's a shame that McCann's got sacked after on the back of two wins against second and third, but. Ultimately, going forward, I think the the Akon has like his own visions towards how he wants um, his bathroom staff to perform, and um, instead of letting McCann down later down the line, where after a few losses, it's best to leave him, um, let him leave on a you know a good point, and um, yeah, obviously we're grateful for how he's turned it around, and he's always come back from the death and sort of you know um, you know managed to you know impress supporters and. We, we, you know, win, win, uh, win them back, but you know now it's time to move into the new era. So, um, what do you both feel about it? Um, I think what's like worrying people is his like managerial like pedigree. Um, like I don't know, <clears throat> I don't know how good that is. It Pashken or something? I don't know how they how to pronounce that, but. It's it's obviously not a very good level, and then I think he was assistant manager to like Kuman, um, for like a year, but I don't know. I think it's just because of his pedigree. It's if he was bringing in like a a well known like manager for this level, not like well known, but someone that would do a job. Alex Neil, for example, someone like him, if he was to be coming in, but he really should be someone. <clears throat> from this country wouldn't really be his man. Like he wants he's obviously he's known Shotter for a while. Um but I, I don't know. I don't want it to be another like Ehab thing with like McCann because McCann was so safe in his job and he should have gone multiple times like easily. I don't know how he kept his job but, but he always turned it around like when he when we went down he then won the league and then started awful this season with the um four three three. 
and then he went three five two and we looked like we're going to win more than we, we're going to get beat and ultimately if you win more than you lose you'll stay up so I thought we was on track to stay up but I hope he doesn't change it back to the four three three because this team is so comfy I hope they've, they've watched it I can say he's watched the games but I hope that like Shot has watched how bad we are with a four-three-three. Like it, it might be a different story when he gets his own players in uh, that he wants, and obviously you can have a four-three-three and play a different style of football. But I just hope that he sticks with it, and he also and they also stick with the core of the squad and the use of the youth academy because we've built that like <clears throat> without spending much money. We've then relied on frees loans. To be fair, they've been. The scouting team's done really well with that, but the, youth, the the players that we produce, very good quality, and I want that to to stay. I don't want them to disregard that. But Look, I think, the, uh... yeah, I say, but at the same time, I'm excited, and I will I will back any manager that walks through the door. Um, <clears throat> I just. Risky mid-season, but I think if he gets his own players in, uh, he'll be all right, I think. I think the two biggest components that we're worried about is player signings, bringing in these sort of foreign, well-known players on high wages. It could upset the balance of the squad. And we're also worried about McCann going at this point of the season where the players are comfortable with this system. They're obviously playing for McCann. And now we're, we're sat wondering now how they're going to react to their manager being sacked and if they're going to have the heart to play for a new manager with the, the, the sort of the background of, um, you know, other players coming in. Um, you know, that could either spare them on to perform to a higher level knowing there's sort of some international players or former international players coming to the club or it could go in the other direction. Yeah. And we could fall down the table. That's what's alarming. I think if you do it in, like Callum said there, look, if you do it at the end of the season, you assess how McCann's done, say if we finish 17th, 18th in the league, and you think, look, you're not the guy to take us forward, then I'd accept it. But I think we're doing it now, yeah. You can say, oh, we're close to being safe, you know, being safe in the league. But we know that from two years ago, this cushion in this league is nothing. I mean, nine points, is if it's what it is right now, I think it's not really much. Three wins. You can go three losses no, in, this, in a row. In this league, but it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's it can only take, take a few teams below you to win a couple in a row on a bounce. Um, and you can lose a couple and then you're back in the mire again. And I think that's the big risk. Um, you're bringing in someone in that has to learn the language properly. And, you know, it, yeah, he's been learning it for a few months. But look, it's, it's complex. Can he get his ideas across to his players um, after not learning English for that long? Look, he also yeah. the leads, but he's different. Um, but yeah, what do you th- what do you think, Ben? Like, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Obviously, we knew it, it was um knew it was coming, but um, hope I think we just got to trust that Aku and his team know what know what they're doing. Like you've touched on, it could upset the um balance of the squad, but it could or it could have the way go the completely opposite way. But you look at teams that have sort of adopted this tactic in the past where a new owner's come in, say like Wolves, they gave it to the end, they gave, I think it was I can't remember who the manager was before um, Nuno, but they gave that manager until the end of the season, then 
it obviously all got sorted. It's a bit like us in 2007, for example, obviously when Phil Brown was here, they gave it to the end of the season. And he was I obviously ended up doing a good job and they kept him on board and signed Akotcher and Pedersen and all these players. But the, the worry is that it'll end up something like what Birmingham have got, where they keep changing managers with these with these new owners and obviously they're in a mess financially due to overspending. Reading formula. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But mm. I think the way that Akun's spoke in his statement is obviously everyone's starting to appreciate his honesty with the reasons that he sacks him. You wouldn't normally get a manager, an owner would, would explain things in such a thorough way. I think the way that he's explained it's given the fans a lot of belief that he's the right person. Yeah. Whether shot is the right person remains to be seen, but I think we'll only find out if you give him the chance. And some people saying it's hard yeah. to back him. Is it not? Surely you back any manager that comes in to the football club. You don't want to start hating him for the for a decision that he's not really got the power to, to change. Yeah. I think I mean, the openness with the club is refreshing. Um, hmm. Like what I said there, Grant has done an excellent job for this football club in difficult circumstances, most specifically during the takeover process and for that I offer my sincere thanks. It shows that we're more classy as a club now. Under the Alums, you'd never have got this statement, this clarification from the club. It would have just happened and then you'd be made to wonder why it's happened. But now we're getting this sort of clarification it sort of it's, it softens the blow a bit. I mean, is it a blow? Yeah, we lost McCann, but look, the way we're trying to move forward as a club, uh, bringing in Shorter, and I think I admire the um, the honesty and um, you know his ambition as well. Um, going forward, I think that's what you want. You want that transparency with the owner, and you want that um, honesty. So it's great that now as a club that we're able to. Um, sort of relate to the owner and we're also um, able to move forward and um, you know understand why these decisions have been made at the top because ultimately like I said in a previous podcast the fans are the most important part of a football club we've seen that with the boycotters and, and yeah and that's that's why like going forward it's just so important to keep us all in the know really and yeah that Ben obviously Ben just said there that how important that is and- yeah I mean I think obviously they've been watching I think Obviously, nine points in this division isn't much, but they must he must be confident in his man and in the squad to change at this time of the season. And I, I really rated the club statement as well. Um, I thought it was so clear and open with the fans, which, like you said, it, it's, it's been lacking recent years. Um, but yeah, like I back him. He's going to bring something different for sure maybe similar to Slutsky but obviously hopefully better results because he was at the wrong end of the table and we are at the wrong end of the table now but yeah he's got to know what this division takes I think it's vital that he gets someone alongside him that knows the division he could maybe pull Dawson out of the academy setup to help him there's a lot of ex-City players that have looked into coaching that he could get in there but I feel like he'll get his own men but obviously nothing's been reported on who they could be. But yeah, as, as long as as long as he like replaces Deadwood with these signings, and I think I, w- I would love nothing more than players like Honeyman. A lot of people, like, a lot of people don't rate Smallwood for some reason, but I think different player under this three-five-two on players like that to retire at this club. Like Honeyman, has been there when 
the club's at a low point. And even in that low point, we won we won a, a league title. But these players need to be rewarded with contracts and they are important players and they're the core of the team. So as long as it's just de- replacing Deadwood with these signings, I've got no problems. But we need a striker or two anyway. So I think they know that from watching the games. But uh, experienced centre-back is still needed. I hope they know that. And maybe a full-back. I'm not sure. I mean, Yedlin would have been a great signing. I'll just say, I, I think he's a great player. Um, but it's a shame. I think he, he's going back to America. But yeah, I mean, as long as it's risky, but he must have confidence in his in his men. So that's all we can do is just back it. Look, Adrian's been obviously chasing the sale and well, the buyout of Paul City since May when he first met the Alums. So you'd think since then he's been planning this whole procedure. Um, and spoke to Shotter himself. Obviously, he's, he's a close friend of him. So you'd think, yeah, that you know that that's obviously the reason why that he's he's so confident we're making this decision halfway through a season when we're still you know at threat of relegation. Um, I don't think he would have done that if um, he, he didn't have these many months of planning. So I think you're right there, Cal. In terms of you know, we have to hope that um, Ajahn knows. Um, what Shotter can bring to the club, and in terms of you know, perhaps bringing in someone that knows the championship as well, like you've touched upon, I think that would be very important. Um, someone alongside him that knows knows the league and can just direct us, you know, direct us forward. Um, you know, you've, you've seen it previously with other clubs that you know you've brought in the foreign managers and they've had success, and you know they've, they've used some of the backroom staff that have had knowledge on the English leagues. Um, we don't want to just become a club that just uh, scouts abroad and brings in these foreign players and just sort of ignores what we have on our doorstep because that, that's not the club that we've been for the past few years. Yeah. I think they've been they've been good things that the Allens have done and one thing, you know, very few things is the the training facilities and the youth set up, you know, views that to its maximum in recent times and in order to progress as a club, I think we have to continue to use that because there's certainly a lot of talent down there and then, you know, of course, you know, the foreign signings will help as well. And high-profile players. What One area of concern I have as well is bringing in these high-profile players at this stage of the season is, look, you've got a lot of players in this squad on low wages. And we can speculate, I think, probably how high it is on about 7K right now. If you're bringing in someone on 25K a week um, at this stage of the season... How are the rest of the squad going to react? Are they going to be going straight away to the board demanding for a pay rise? Um, it could cause a bit of friction in the squad. That's that's one of my other concerns. I admit I admire the ambition, but I think these processes do take longer to materialise. Um, it's yeah, just about it whether you know the, how the players react. Really, I think it's important to um, acknowledge that. But you know, going forward, I think this ambition is what we needed as a club. We've been sort of stalling for so long and going backwards. Now it looks like we're in acceleration mode and moving forwards. Yeah, I mean, some of these players would be on a lot. Babel probably looking at about 25, 30 grand. And then you've got that Unwakimi that was linked today. Like, he's a very good player. Probably unlikely that we'd get him. But he'd be on a lot as well. But I think this... Sayad Menesh, I don't think he'd be on a lot because he's only he was from Fenerbahce's youth setup and he's been on loan in the um, Ukrainian division and 
they won't pay a lot of wages either. So I, he'd probably be on about what the squad's on. But these big name players that have been there and done it, obviously that Babel, he's 35 and, and Wakimi, he's like 32 or something. Like they'd be on high wages. But I think the players have got to be professional about it and realise that well, they might be paid a bit higher, but these are players that have like done it at a, a high level reasonably. So I see where you're coming from, but you have to take it on the chin, I think. I think it's got the potential to actually think about it when you say about raising, like upsetting the balance of the squad. It also has the potential to raise these players' games, not just for the fact that they're playing with the quality players. Think about it, if they're playing with a high-quality player that's on a, of a better wage, they're wanting to prove themselves in these last few matches, which is maybe why we've actually ended up beating Blackburn and Bournemouth. Maybe it's not uh, not anything to... Well, it will be to do with tactics tactics as well, but that could have played on the minds of the players. Obviously, they've got a point to prove to the new owners to why they should stay here. And if they do stay and perform well, they've got every chance of getting improved contracts. One Obviously, one thing that came yeah. out of the club today I mean, was a, a statement regarding the um, the embargo and um, uh, the club announced the transfer embargo has been paid off. I think it was £2 million. Um, Of course, it's refreshing again to see the open, openness from the club in terms of you know, releasing a statement. So we're in the know as supporters. And um, I think it, it's great that it's happened at this point. So now we know that the transfer of Regan Slater can, can go through. And then hopefully um, it's been reported on Twitter that we've agreed a £4.5 million fee for Saibanesh with a 50% selling clause. So... If, as long as personal terms and the medicals pass, I think you know that'll go through as well. Um, so I think it's exciting times there. You know, you look, he's coming to the club straight away, Adrian, um, and he's 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 galvanised the full place. Um, you've seen it there from the two wins against second and third, and um, he clearly has a plan in place that he wants, and he's looking to get this business done early. I've seen some some supporters criticising that there's no signings happened yet but the guy's been in the club for a week you know what I mean like these things that just happen overnight there's there's a lot of process that goes into signing a player and especially if you're signing the player from abroad you've got the visa to get and you've got to pass through that you've got a lot of paperwork to sign so I think you know as long as we get a few signings over the over the line in the coming days I think you know the second half of the season will be a very exciting one and you know, the end of the season for me has always been just surviving relegation and then look in summer if we have the money to spend, which we should have, then we should be able to push push high up the league towards the table and maybe challenge for the playoffs. But yeah. for me this season it's the void of relegation. But um yeah, what what's both your thoughts on um Regan Slater? I think he's been training the, with the club for the past um, few days since it was confirmed that it had signed. Um, obviously the club hadn't announced that yet, but um, you know, Regan Slater was with us last season. What do you make of that signing? It's an interesting one. Obviously, based on the midfield that we've got at the minute, you'd, you'd say that they're irreplaceable. But if you think about it, Smallwood, as great as he's been, is obviously not as mobile as someone like Regan Slater. So there's the option to switch it round. Say if Smallwood like, needs to be rested. And it depends maybe the... Um, the fact that Saibanesh is only 20, maybe they've got a philosophy to bring through these younger players into the team. I think we obviously know what Regan Slater is capable of and the fact that 
Akun's still willing to push the deal through when the man that brought him to the club's no longer here. It says a lot about what how highly rated he is by the, the people at the club. So he must have watched yeah, him in League I... One as well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's I was like a bit skeptical at first. I thought, oh well, like it wasn't very exciting, but then I thought about it and I think it's it's very smart and clever because he's he's young, he's more mobile than Smallwood and Huddleston. Uh can't see Huddleston staying after this season. Smallwood possibly another season, but it is good to have that younger version. The he always did well when he played as well, Slater. Like I was always impressed with him. But it was just because I was a bit sceptical because of like the managerial situation at the time, whether McCann was staying or going. So it was like confusing a lot of people. It was like, oh, why are we getting them? But then obviously it, it's refreshing to hear that obviously I couldn't shotter uh, rate him. Um, I'm glad they do watch the games. So it's like they must know what we need. I still think you've got to look at players in this division as well. Um, essential players that know this league too. Maybe um, Curtis Davis from Derby County. Not just saying that because he used to play for us, but it'd be good when called upon. The, the back three, undroppable. His age, he wouldn't mind being on the on the bench. So when called upon obviously do really well. He's arguably been their best player this season, along with Tom Lawrence. Would love him. I'm a big fan of him, but doubt, doubt we'd get him. But maybe a left-back. Um, Lee Buchanan would be a shout. But I think even when Fleming plays, I've been impressed with him. Um, and we got, I, don't, I don't rate Elder, to be honest. I don't, I don't want to come on and... and uh, and sort of slate players, but I, I do think he's dreadful. I don't know how he plays in the championship. Like, honestly, he's that bad. How can you have a left-back that can't stop crosses? Like, that is your job. Please stop the cross. Like, it's scary watching him play. Even on the ball, he's shaky, panicked. Sometimes when he runs, it, it looks like he's going to fall over. Like, his balance isn't great. Just don't rate him. I think a left-back would be a, a good... A shout as well but I don't know what's going on with Josh Emmanuel either I hope he's alright um, and if, if he can't carry on if something serious happened there then we need a right back but obviously with his 3-5-2 he's been playing part of their uh, like left left wing back and he seems to he's got a good defensive side to his game now so it's like it's, it would be essential but it wouldn't be top priority because I think we still need that experienced defender. We still need one or two goal scorers. Like, still work to be done. But don't be afraid to look in this country for players that know the division as well as... I, th I think getting foreign players is good and it adds different culture. But we also need players that have done it in this league. Just going back to the point on Regan Slater, one reason why I'm happy that he's signing is the fact that yeah, he's young and all that, but if you look at if you look at who he's coming up against against Sheffield United's team, you know you've got like Connor Hurrahan, Sander Berge, you know you've got John Fleck, Oliver Norwood, a lot of players to compete yeah. against there, that, and he's never going to break through. So I think it's he great wants to be here as well. 
yeah, he's been here last season. He know he knows the he knows the atmosphere. You know, he knows the players that he's playing with. I think it's a no-brainer that he's he's coming into the club. Fifty thousand as well, nominal fee. I think that's um, yeah, it's, it's a great sign, and I think for that that fee and I hope that you know he can adapt to the championship. And um, you know, it's obviously high, much higher standard than what he was uh, coming in, up against last season, and much higher tempo, but. Um, it's good that we're plugging each area of the field. You know, you can't rely on someone like Tom Huddleston to come off the bench 35 all the time and, you know, especially with his injury problems as well. But yeah, I liked, um, you know, Curtis Davis again, you said there, I think, you know, bringing him in would, you know, we, we, we talked about the start of the season, we was missing an experienced centre-back and I still think that's true. I know we've had a good defensive record this season, but there have been times late on in games, perhaps not recently, where we've, we've failed to see it out and, uh, someone commanding uh, that that defence on and off the on and off the uh, the field, I think, is it's so crucial to when you're battling at the bottom or even at the top of the championship. And um, you need someone that's been there and done that. And Curtis Davis, someone that's done that. You know, we've he did that with us. You know, getting the FA Cup final and uh, captaining. So I think you know signing yeah, Carl's right there signing players in this division and looking else looking, you know, League One and Two. It's just as important as um, looking in the foreign leagues, and I'm sure Shotter and um, Ajun will be aware of that. And um, you know, as we've already signed someone from uh, this league, so yeah, it's just how how the um, you know the other transfers go through. You know, we've obviously been linked with with many foreign players. You know, Ryan Babbel's been one of them, but again, I'm a bit skeptical about that. We've not only his wage, but he's you know, 35 years old. Is it worth bringing in someone that age to, you know, um, I don't know, it'll be a short-term deal. I'd rather look long-term, and that's what it looks like we're doing with Saeed Vinesh. Um, and, you know, we'll do the players as well. So this weekend, we, we play host to Swansea City at the MKM. Going to be an interesting game. I think they're only two places above us in the league table. I watched their game against QPR last night. Um, to give them their credit, they defended quite well. Um, and looking going forward, they, they did look dangerous on the counter attack. They didn't really create that many chances. They also had a player sent off, uh, Flynn Downs, who I heard um, one of the Sky commentators say he's been one of the most influential players of late. So it's good that he got a second yellow, meaning that it won't be overturned. It wouldn't have been overturned anyway because he's fighting with Charlie Austin over something needless. But yeah, it could be an interesting game. What What are you two thinking going into this game? Um, the Swansea this season, I think, have underachieved with the players they've got. Um, they've obviously signed Michael Obafemi. You, you mentioned now on the counter-attack, he looked strong and powerful. I'll the ball well. Um, he's a danger and then they've, I think their most uh, influential sign of the season has been that Joe Pira scoring all them goals for them um, they've been um, but yeah like I said they've underachieved but they still carry that threat um, but obviously for us it's the the anticipation really um, going into a new era with you know waiting for um, Avalage to come in and um, we're, we're just we're just wondering like how the players are going to react you know, it's the first game after McCann's sacking. Um, you know, we're, we're still embroiled in this sort of, sort of relegation stuff. So, so it's 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 a very important match, and 
uh, you know, we want the players' mentality to be firing like it has been in the past two games after the Ernest, obviously the takeover happened. Um, but yeah, at home, you know, recently we have been very strong. I think we've won something, I think we've won like four of our last six or something at home. I, I ain't done the, um, I ain't checked the statistics, but um, yeah, so it'll be an interesting match. It's these games determine where you'll finish in the league, in my opinion. Because what, what are they like, two places above us or something like that? And it's a home, at home as well. Drew nil-nil in the reverse fixture. So it's sort of games like this where you'll sort of judge where you, you think you could finish, if that makes sense. It's like how you do against teams like Swansea at home. That's, that's where you realise where you should be in the, in the table. Uh, be a tough game. Every game is in this division, but it's one where we should look to try and get three points. Um, I don't know. It, it's these kind of also these kind of games. You never know, like what the outcome could be. It's like, for example, yesterday, like Forest Barnsley. You knew what the outcome would be because Forest in the form they're in, Barnsley in the form they're in. It was just inevitable uh, that a result like that would happen. But in games like this, it's hard to say. I mean, their form's like on and off. I think we're on good form, but I don't want that to be halted with this new manager. Uh, hopefully it's not. Hopefully they, they graft for him, like they grafted for McCann. Uh, and I think if they do that, then the rest will take care of itself. But, yeah, I mean, we should try to look to win this. Obviously, they've got dangerous players and they'll look to frustrate us. I think they've adopted a three at the back as well. Uh, they've got a solid back three. But, yeah, I think we could try and get at them. But it'll be interesting to see how both sides set up. I think, um, I think, I think one interesting thing to, from, our, from our point of view is what um, tactics we've took during the week. Because, obviously... Until yesterday, McCann was still at the club and he was taking training. And it's rumoured that Shotter yesterday was still in Turkey waiting for flights because of the the um, dreadful weather over there. So, so, got, so it's a bit, bit of a weird one. We don't know what, what whether we're going to be adopting Shotter's style of play, whether he's going to actually come in before um, Saturday and get, get any chance to, to get his what he wants from these players across in time or whether it's, I know, like Tony Pennick and Andy Dawson that have been taking training today, maybe, and then they'll carry on from Phil- McCann's philosophy for this game. So that that's, leaves a bit of uncertainty, in my opinion. I do think he'll start with the same team that uh, beat Bournemouth. I don't, think he can, so I don't think he can move away straight from that philosophy into something when we're still... Um, waiting on Shotter's arrival. Um, I do think the battles in this game will be won in them wide areas. You know, Carl said there that Swansea play three at the back. Um, they've got Cyrus Christie as their wing back. Um, I think that's, that'll be a key battle with either, you know, I think Ryan Longman will, will be playing on that side. Um, yeah. So that's that'll be an interesting battle there. I think if Longman's, you know, um, to, to his um, praise, I think, hasn't really come under that much threat defensively but in Cyrus Christie you can offer that and it's important that we don't get our wing backs pinned back by them um, 
we want, once we put uh, playing like the home side, pushing out of the field, pressing from minute one, and um, you know driving forward with the ball. I think it's easy against a side like Swansea to get pinned back and let them dominate possession and hit them on the counter attack. But I think with the players we've got, um, you know we have the ability to sort of dictate this game. Um, you know certainly our midfield three of you know Honeyman, Doherty, and Smallwood, um, they're looking as good as they've ever been. Um, and certainly in recent weeks where we've changed to the three four two one. That was a great tactical sweep from McCann. Um, putting Honeyman and Potter high up the, high up the pitch. Um, and I think that's just it's, it's galvanised us even more. I think it, you know having Smallwood and Doherty midfield shuttling and then Honeyman further forward. That's where he gets in the box and gets the goals. And yeah, that's what I've been more impressed with in the recent months is that we're getting more numbers into the box to score them goals. And Honeyman himself has. Has proven that he's at this level is he's a dangerous player, especially in the box, you know. And so, and even in both boxes, really, box the box, he's puts himself about, and that's how he obviously scored the goal on Saturday through Honeyman's uh, tenacity and pressure, like winning the ball back. And um, but yeah, that's that'll be how the games won, I think, in them wide areas, and you know, they've they've definitely got that match winner in Joe Pira, who's um, looks a very good signing from PSV, and. Um, yeah, Swansea's team does look very good. You know, they've got some good prospects like that Ben Cabango as well at the back. Um, Matt Grimes in midfields a good, is a is a is a very good player in this at this level. Um, I think he's been touted by a few Premier League clubs. So, um, yeah, certainly it won't be the easy game that sometimes the table suggests and the form suggests. But you look, it's it's all about player reaction. If if the players have the fight and desire that they had in the last two wins against Blackburn and Bournemouth, I think. There's every chance that we can go on and win this game, so it'll just it'll just be interesting to see how we how we uh, set up really. So they've got they've got that Cabango, which is like their young centre half, similar to Greaves, come through the setup. Um, so he's looking bright and will have a, a big future. And then you've got they've got two sort of fullbacks, like Norton. He was a fullback, and then Manning. So I swear it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I swear he's usually a fullback. Yeah, I can remember him playing right, fullback. For, I can remember him playing fullback yeah. for QPR. Yeah, so it's weird because they've sort of been more solid, especially against sort of like QPR than what I expected. Obviously, Manning played against his old club like last night, but we got to get at them. I mean, I think it is wise when you're a fullback to drop into to centre-back for your, your later days where you haven't got the legs so much like as what you used to but yeah I mean was it Downs that got the red card? Yeah. Swear. Yeah, yeah. So he's been influential for them um, but obviously he's not playing so that's good. Um, so it'd just be interesting what happens. You get out of them. Obviously, they're full-backs by trade, so they won't be as fully comfortable as an out-and-out centre-half. So, try and exploit that. Maybe other teams haven't done that as much. Maybe they had, like, injuries or something as to why they've played two full-backs there, but something that we can exploit for sure. I think the, the battle also be winning midfield. I mean, Doherty this season's impressed again. Um, him and Honeyman have, have took, the, took to the Championship um, and you know, he's Doherty, he's, he's, he's Mr. Consistent every single week. He puts in them displays in 
You know, yeah. he's undroppable for me. I've seen people on Twitter saying about uh, dropping Doherty for these signings, but I just don't think you can. No, you um, can't. Makes it tick in there. I think you've got Honeyman fair before, but then, you know, sometimes, you know, Smallwood's there, um, but he didn't perhaps have the legs that Doherty does and he covers that ground and uh, Smallwood's there to sweep up the, the rest of the danger. But um, the reason why I like three at the back I've touched on it before, is that it's an easy access into midfield. I think we struggled when we played four at the back with two centre backs because we that's that's why you know four three three um was a hard watch for us because we, we couldn't get it into midfield, we was always losing the ball at the back. But in this system, we, we recycle possession well and like we play like um you know we're comfortable in possession and all our centre backs can play with the ball. So you know, getting the ball into midfield and getting it forward quickly is 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 where like um, we can we can uh, cause Swansea problems, you know, and um, you know especially with, like Tommy's up front as well. And um, against Cal Norton, if you can pin him against Cal Norton, who was who was who was much less physical than him and m- much smaller as a smaller frame, I think you can cause problems there. You know, get the ball out wide, get balls into the box, and and let Tommy's feed off that, and the likes of Honeyman, you know, making them late runs. Yeah, that's. I don't think the players will lose. Would have um, lost any fight, you know. The, the, the if anything, you know, the, they'll be thinking about that next uh, contract to, to, to put into performances and get as high up the table. And you know, it's, it's more good for them, you know, their careers as well. And even if they was looking to make a move as well to a different club. So, but um, yeah. Another another interesting point for the Swansea game is is the fans and the ones that are set to be returning. We've seen a lot of we've seen a fair few fans over the last couple of days buying new memberships, which is which is good to see. Obviously, understandably for some people, the Blackburn game due to the time the takeover was announced, um, some of them wouldn't have been able to have got there with with such short notice. But the Swansea game, it's quite interesting. I've looked that the East Stand is all on. Either well, half of it's between E1 and I think it's five now. Is unavailable. Six to nine is red, and the rest of the south stand seems to be green. I know the west stand's full of mainly red blocks as well. So hopefully, there's a few more fans come come to this game. I think with the, with the fact it's been a week and a half since it's been announced, you'd have expected maybe more than the the currently is. Obviously, there's two or three days still. Before the before the game, so wondering your thoughts on this. Um, yeah, memberships are, are cheap, reasonably, and then you've got if you want to get like a one-off ticket for an adult, it's not probably need sorting, but they probably haven't like had time to get round to that. I think obviously signings and sorting out the manager and stuff is and the embargo has been the priority since they've come in. I think that will be sorted out. Uh, in in the coming weeks, uh, it's not going to happen overnight. Um, so I see people saying about how people get new interest and and stuff like that, but I've, I I think that's a load of crap to be honest. Because if you if you're boycotting, you're boycotting like an owner, and then in plan to return when the owner leaves. It's like so you can't make an excuse for oh, but we've, we've got other things to do. Like times have changed. Like when you boycott, it's because of the current owner to come back when they're gone. That's the whole purpose of boycotting. It's temporary. While someone that you don't like 
is in charge to stop giving money to them. You know what I mean? So I think it'd be nice to get fans back, um, whatever stance you've had on it, if you boycotted or not, just want the ground full. Yeah, but it won't happen overnight. And I think City will sort it in terms of the, the pricing and what and what they do. It's just they've not had a chance to do it yet, as there's been a few things more important. But yeah, obviously East End will be full every week. It'd be nice to get some back in South because that's I looked earlier. Um still a bit empty. And then yeah, eventually hopefully get West up open. Um I just don't want these new signings to, to turn up. Like and they've played for clubs that have got big grounds, big fan bases and look at the Casey and think, fucking hell. What's this? Like when they walk out the tunnel and they look and see West Upper close and you see South half empty. It's just like I, I, I just want them to come and have a big crowd like the other clubs. If that makes sense, I, I want us to have a big crowd. Um, we can, but it will take time. But we can. We did in League Two, and we did consistently up until the Prem went downhill like 16, 17, even before, maybe a bit before that. But yeah, I mean, we can definitely get the fans back. But it will be a priority, just not yet. I think they're just busy doing other stuff at the minute. I do think it needs to be revamped, like you said there. But I think there needs to be like a family sort of ticket. Um, you know, so you can take a family of four for like 45 quid or something, 50 quid. Um, you know, just to get people in the mood again. Um, you know, we've lost other generation of supporters in the past six, seven years to the Alan regime. And that, you know, that's hit the club hard, really, in terms of the financial muscle that we've lost. And I think that'll take a while to materialise again. But I think in order to get them back, you need to offer these incentives to come back. Although, looking at the memberships now, £30 a month for an adult, that's a very good value con- compared to other clubs in the Championship. So if you was looking to come back for the long haul, you can get yourself a membership. But if you was, a, yeah. if you was only looking to do a, a few games a season, it's quite steep playing, paying £27 for one ticket you know, for an adult. Yeah. And then, you're looking to take your kid as well, 11 to 15, there's another tenner on top. It becomes quite pricey, but, um, you know, we are in the Championship, so you and you look at across the board as well, you're looking at other clubs and they're charging sim- similar. I remember Sheffield Wednesday, it was something like 39 quid for a ticket when we went away before, which is a disgrace for the league, but, yeah, um, yeah it's, that, that's the problem we've had, though. We've lost a generation of supporters and, um, you know, you've seen other clubs like Blackpool, Bolton, Coventry, they've, they've attracted fans back um, under yeah. new ownership and change change values and it's, it'll be frustrating to see that, you know, look, we've, we've had the Alums out, this is what the most fans wanted for, for years this is what the boycotters wanted to make a return and you're seeing that we're still getting 12 to 13k supporters in and it's disappointing mm, because if, if you'd think they'd be excited to come back after all this time if you love the club Surely you'd love going to the games, and I'm not. I'm not targeting the boycotters, but you know, people. Yeah, they do find other hobbies on a weekend. But you've 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 warned all these years about the alums, um, and not being you know feeling like you can't go, feeling like you're singled out, and you know feeling like discriminated against, discriminated against, and then suddenly the alums leave. You've got a new owner in who's got good values, communicates with the support as well. 
um, and it's showing ambition and we're still getting similar crowds to what it was in the Alamera and to me that yeah. is it's baffling really I think yeah other people people find other stuff to do but surely this there's people fighting at the chomping at the bits to come back and you know, hopefully have, we see that they should have been prepared for this because ultimately they, they were, it felt like they were in charge forever but they were never going to be in charge forever like there was going to be a day when new owners come in and they should the boycotters should have been prepared for that because that's the reason why they boycott to come back but I think the pricing they're, they're encouraging memberships I think for the pricing I think it's cheaper to go monthly pretty much than it is to go to a single game if, if you're an adult so that's what they're trying to do I rate it but obviously I think it'd be nice to have like season tickets where you just pay like before season starts and that's it you haven't, you haven't got to worry about paying monthly because sometimes it, it's a ball ache with bills and stuff um, which I understand that to be fair if I had a choice I'd pay it at the start of the season to get it out of the way even though it is cheap um, monthly but yeah it won't happen Not overnight it will come back for sure new signings and stuff will do that as well because it will excite people a lot of things nowadays, the subscriptions article, like a lot of things like Netflix, you pay for your know, TV monthly. Yeah. So I think the Alums have done a forward thinking strategy in it and pay monthly. So, like, I mean, imagine yeah. you shell out I mean, 500 quid to start the season yeah. and then you turn ill and then you're, you're in hospital and stuff and you can't go to the game. There's no money back guarantee sort of thing. So, like, I think maybe, if you have the best of both worlds, you know, I think that would be beneficial. Maybe, like, maybe do it like to what? the person, the customer prefers or the fan. Like, if you want to pay it at the start of the season, have an option to do that. And if you want to pay it monthly, then also allow that as an option as well. Like, could do that. I don't know how, if it would work financially better for the club. I mean, it's the same. Just do it. So, I don't know how. So, what is it? Eight, is it 18? Was it 27 a month for an adult or something? So, if you do that. For an adult. How much? £30 a month, so it's like 360 a year. Yeah, yeah, so do that. Uh, either 360 or do it monthly. But, um, yeah, I mean, that would be a, a step in, in, in a positive direction, for sure, because there are a lot of people that like paying monthly that also will still get to pay monthly, so they'll be happy. Because it might, ups- might be weird to say, but it might even upset people if they just scrapped it to... F- only start of the season you know, a lot of people have like adjusted to pay monthly which is good like and I think it's a good thing to do but I also think it would be a good thing to do to do it at the start um, so yeah I mean if you do an option for both that would be great and I think that would be very positive um, for everyone really but yeah, yeah I, I, we're currently in the in the pricing stages of the Adam regime and that's for me, the final excuse that people can make for not returning, I think once you've revamped the pricing to, to perhaps, um, like you said, they're the best of both worlds, a membership and you pay a lump sum at the start of the season and you, you change the match their ticket into an affordable price from the families, concessions, over 65s and your average person, then I think there's no more excuses for the fans to not make a return and um, you know, I think we can easily get a couple more thousand in there. I, I don't think it's realistic for us to have 20, over 20,000 now with the generation supporters that we've lost but I think 
if we're looking to push towards the top end of the championship in the future and uh, ultimately towards the Premier League, I think we have to be attracting 17 to 18,000 supporters in just to look as more of an attractive proposition to players coming in because, no, you know, you've said before there, no no player wants to stand and play in an half empty stadium. They've just played in Europe across the world and they're playing a full capacity crowds of 50,000 and then they come to all City and they're playing in front of 13,000 and half empty stadium. It's just not an attractive proposition to me. So I think going forward, it's important that, you know, um, there is accessible pricing to every supporter and then there's no excuses fans can make for perhaps uh, not returning if they, if they pre-plan to. We've got we've got one question from Adam, who says, "Do you think Ryan Babel would be a good signing? High wages and probably past his best. I doubt he could do it in the Prem these days, but I'd take him on loan because I believe he's out of contract." Ryan Babel's uh, a nerf from me, to be honest. It's a nerf from me. I'm right. It's a fifth. <laughs> he's got ability. Obviously, he did well at Fulham, and that was only like. Was it 2019? And that yeah. was in the Prem. So you step it down a bit to the champ. Um, mm, I probably, if you can't get anyone else in, if you, if you get like Saad Manesh in, I want two strikers personally. And if you can't get anyone else in last minute, then try and get Babel. But if not, then I think trying to pursue other targets is probably the best option. But yeah. I I think it'd be yeah. okay. I think it, I think it's one of them where, um, in the position, the system that we're playing, I guess he's got more experience than Keane Lewis Potter and, and Longman. But then signing the player like this, I think the the point of him saying I'd sign him on loan is probably more more of a valid one than signing permanently because he's like I think he's thirty three, and obviously we've got 35. quite a, yeah thirty five. Yeah, we've, we've got um. Got the wing backs now, Keenan Potter and Longman, who were developing really well. They're at, they're at a very young age. They've got the potential to to grow. Obviously, Keenan Potter has been there's been talk of him with a potential move to Spurs, which would mean him getting loaned back. I don't think that's a good move either. But I think with Babel, I think it's going to have to be a pretty much for the last resort signing as well. And yeah, alone, definitely. The the, the but, thing with the thing with Kinlow is Potter's a bit of a weird one as well. I don't think him going to Tottenham, then coming back and then going there benefits anybody. I think it doesn't benefit us as we're losing. Well, it benefit us financially, but I don't think it benefits us as a club losing our main prospects. It would probably not do his career any good. I don't think he's ready for the Premier League, and then it, and then it doesn't do whoever's buying him any good because they it feel like a waste of money. Did it work? We've seen it a lot. We've seen it a lot. We've seen a lot of young English young English talents. They've gone to the Premier League too early in their careers and then they've fallen off. Um, you look at Jared Bowen, three seasons he had in the Championship. I think in his first, he scored 15 goals. Then he scored like 19, then 22. Oh, no, he scored 22, I think, then in this following season. He's already on like 16 goals before he moved to West Ham. So I think he's he already 20, established himself. Uh, yeah. He already established himself in the Championship. And then got his deserved move, which is Keen Lewis Potter this season. He's got five goals. It's his first full season in the Championship. I think he needs more time to develop his game, learn different aspects of it. Again, he's also been playing as a left wing back. If another club was signing him, I doubt they'd play him in that position. So it's about Keen Lewis Potter just, just sort of um, 
not letting himself get ahead, like and thinking about the bright lights of the Premier League. I think he has to um, realise that I think it's beneficial for him to stay at City or another Championship club, and which won't happen because won't sell him. But um, and just play at this level. He's playing regular football. He'll develop, and then um, when he's ready, he'll he'll get his prem move and. I think it's important for him to just realise that he's got time on his hands. Jared Bowen was the same age when he broke into City's first team properly in that first championship season. Um, so I think it's you know next couple of years, yeah, I think he'll he'll develop really well if he stays with us. And right, that is it for another episode of the HFC Hub podcast. Hope you enjoyed it as always. Obviously, I had a lot more to talk about as it's been a pretty eventful week since we last did one. Um, obviously, the website, you might have seen the tweet earlier that we're starting to do a lot of, starting to write a lot more on the website again after finally getting the chance to. And that's partly my fault down to university commitments. Uh, thanks for Callum for, for coming on. And, uh, yes. and that's been a pleasure. And obviously, Tom, have you got any words? No, um, I've you know been enjoying doing the podcast again. Um, we're getting a regular sort of schedule again now. I think at least one a week. Um, this week it was easy for us to do one because there's a lot to talk about. But perhaps when is the when there's a week not much to talk about, we'll just maybe do a feature episode instead where we will get a guest on and they talk about yeah. their time spot in City or the, you know a former player. You know we're still looking to get more former players and perhaps managers on. So, you know, but in terms of the website, um, Oliver Harsley reached out to us about writing content. There's other people. If there's anyone else that's interested in, you know, writing more, writing more content for the website, just reach out to me or Ben or reach out to the, the Twitter. Um, and, yeah, we'll get back to you. And we're just always welcoming them, you know, submissions. You know, want to get the yeah. web, website up and running more. So if anyone fancies writing something, and do it. In ones where you don't get a guest on, I'll be more than happy to come on I do love talking about the city so it's like yeah I mean I'm always like available on the free agent <laughs> yeah cheers for coming on Kel always a pleasure <laughs> no worries